0: And welcome to Resilient Faith, a podcast ministry of Brentwood Presbyterian Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Janice McQueen Ward, the worship elder at BPC, and I want to welcome and thank you for being here with us. Let's begin our journey. In preparation for time with friends and family and a season of thanks... Please enjoy our interfaith worship from 2021. Pastor Dave and Pastor Laura welcome Rabbi Gottlieb, and we are blessed with three messages of faith and thanksgiving.
1: I want to start by reading a couple of scripture passages, the first from the book of Psalms, Psalm 133, verses 1 and 2. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down onto the collar of his robe. And then from the New Testament book of Hebrews, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, I want to be really clear here. I am and always will be eternally grateful for Zoom. But, man, there is no substitute for this. For being together in person, face-to-face. And it's not that we haven't all been superheroes these last 20 months, because we have. Learning how to Zoom and FaceTime and use Q codes for menus? My mom learned how to Zoom. Almost that would be enough to make the most ardent creationist start to believe in Darwin. We all learned how to use the chat function and the breakout rooms and the screen sharing. Many of you learned to use different backgrounds and filters. You remember that guy who got stuck, the lawyer in the judge's courtroom, who got stuck with his face as a cat? There's that Hawaii background. Do you remember that? where The one with the waves rolling up on the beach and the palm trees waving. So many of our people had that. It was really cool. We were all jealous of them until one of our board meetings, two of our married people who were not married to each other showed up with that exact same background in the background, and it felt a little awkward. You know, like the two of them had run off together to some tropical island. Speaking of awkward, I... I learned a little prank uh, from my classes at Duke that you can, when you're on Zoom, you know that when it freezes and you kind of get kicked off and it just, your face freezes on the Zoom camera and it says reconnecting, you know that? You can go up into the right-hand corner to the menu and change your name to reconnecting dot, 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 dot. And then just as you push apply, you just freeze on the camera. And everyone thinks you're frozen, which is a really fun prank until they start talking about you behind your back, saying things that they would never say to your face. Reconnecting. It is our theme for this morning. It's also our task for this day. It is the central theme in both of our faiths. Because when you boil it all down, what we're doing here today, what we do every time we gather, what we're all about, if you want to try to distill the point of this entire book, it all comes down to relationships. Our relationship with God first and foremost, but then our relationship with ourselves and with each other. I mean, take a look for yourself. Every book, every chapter, every verse in this book is about one of those three relationships. For the writers of both the Hebrew and the Christian scriptures, it was never just the message. It was always the message and the community, the good news and the relationship. Whether you take the opening chapters of the book of Genesis literally or just seriously, there is no question that it is chock full of truth about who we are and how we were created and what we were created to do and be. Do you remember what God says in that second chapter of Genesis? It is not good for man to be alone. And so in the first chapter, in the first creation account, do you remember what God says? God says let us let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and in the and the birds in the sky let us create humankind now I'm kind of just assuming here that when those of you from KHM hear that verse, you're not probably not thinking God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Is that right? (laughs) But all of our scholars are still stuck with the same question. What are they saying here? Who is this us? Who is this we? And we are left with a very clear impression that the Bible at the very beginning, from the very moment it starts, is trying to make a very clear statement that before anything else was created, before anything in the universe was created, God was already in relationship. This is at the heart of who we are and what we were created for and what we were created to be. And I say this because after 20 months of learning how to draw away and isolate ourselves and cut ourselves off from each other, the time has come for us to reconnect, to get back to those most important things that we were created for, the things that lie at the heart of both of our faiths, to start rebuilding our relationships. And I understand many of you have done a yeoman's job these last 20 months of getting on Zoom and writing letters and connecting with people and getting masked in your backyards with people. There's been so much, but I also say it because I know that for many of us, it's really easy to get used to being apart, isn't it? Last week, I walked into the mall thinking I would start to do some Christmas shopping, and I walked right back out thinking, I'll just do all my shopping online this year. I've been missing all of our staff desperately, but now as people are starting to come back to the office, I'm thinking, wow, I got a lot more done when no one was interrupting me. I was all ready to bust on Michael and say, you know, Michael's wearing a tie. I, I, can't, find, I can't bring myself to start wearing a tie again. But then Michael came without a tie. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Many of you are going to be having in-person Thanksgiving dinner again For the first time in two years, and it's going to take some work, and I don't mean just in cooking the meal, but being together. I think if we're realistic, it's always a lot of work to be together, right, with weird Aunt Susan and strange Uncle Rufus, especially in these days when even our own family members are arguing and debating about politics and vaccines and mandates and masks. But this is the work of our lives. This is what we were called to and created for. This is the central theme at the heart of our lives and our faith. It is these relationships, reconnecting with God and then with ourselves and each other. Because when all is said and done, the thing that we are most thankful for this Thanksgiving Day, when it all boils down, it is our relationships. May we always be a church and a synagogue that makes choices that prioritize relationships. And building community in these fraught and pregnant days. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Amen.
2: Jews are small in number, maybe 16 million now worldwide. In fact, at long last, Jews have recouped their population base equal to what it was prior World War II. Now it's 16 million, still a minuscule fraction within a 1% of the world's population. Very, very small. And as small a number as Jews are, they are geographically and racially diverse, There's an assumption that Jews look a particular way. It's just not true. Judaism is not a race. Many differences in practice differentiate Jews much like Christians. But there are certain rituals that unite Jews, one of which is that every Saturday, every Sabbath, bear in mind, as I like to point out, Shabbat or Sabbath does not mean rest. The Hebrew is Shabbat. That's the root. The Hebrew root means pull back, cease. Rest is a component of the Sabbath, but it's not the primary focal point. So as diverse as Jews are, there are rituals that unite Jews, one of which is Shabbat. And on Shabbat, small a number that we are, Jews essentially read the same portion of scripture that is prescribed every week. So it doesn't matter if we're here in Brentwood, it doesn't matter in Santa Monica, it doesn't matter in New York, it doesn't matter in Buenos Aires. Jewish communities, wherever they are, are reading the same section of scripture. Last week, the prescribed reading derived from the book of Genesis, beginning with chapter 32, and I would, not now, but at a later time, turn your attention to it because it's a fascinating, intriguing, and also difficult, challenging section of text. It tells of, and here's the operative, Reconnection, the reconnecting of two twin brothers, Esau and Jacob. And this is significant. It's a reconnecting of two twin brothers after a 20-year lapse. 20 years, two decades. Let me focus that down more narrowly. That's an entire generation of time. 20-year lapse. Let me digress for a moment and just point out an observation to which I want to share. Reconnecting assumes that at one point you were connected. And reconnecting assumes though in some cases it may be coincidental that you bump into someone and reconnect. But for our purposes, it assumes that you want to reconnect. After 20 years, these twin brothers choose to reconnect. And the harsh animosity, the antipathy, the hatred that at least one brother voiced to the other brother was palpable, leading to this 20-year lapse. So at long last, and that's the prescribed reading, at long last, they come together, twin brothers. The Bible gives insight into their physical characteristics. Esau's an outdoorsman, he's athletic. I identify with Esau, I just want you to know, you know. Jacob is more of a home uh, body. So we know something about their physical characteristics. But remember, they're twin brothers. We know nothing of their facial characteristics. And after 20 years in a world without mirrors, they come together and they look each other in the face. And what do they see? Essentially a reflection of themselves. But they're 20 years older, with wrinkles and gray hair, with stress. They've been blessed with children and how children, I realize not everyone has children by choice or by circumstance, but raising children, and as I like to say, we should never raise children. We should be raising adults. But raising children is an exceptionally maturing process for the parents. 20 years, they look each other in the face and they conclude, for what? Why has there been such discord between us? Why? I'm to blame, you're to blame, we're to blame. Why? And they embrace. They hug. They cry. They reconnect. Need I say, the pandemic has brought out a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts, some good, some not so good. It has kept many of us apart, as Reverend Carpenter alluded to, families in particular with discord. There have been disagreements over how to react to the pandemic It's up to us as individuals, as a reflection of the collective to reconnect with a sense of deeper understanding and compassion. If not in a house such as this, then where? Where do we get these values? They're not imprinted in us. A Judeo-Christian ethic teaches us, demands, (laughs) implores that we think differently, not just feel differently. That's the challenge that we have as religious consumers, as religious seekers. Furthermore, need I say at the risk of sounding simple and platitudinal, let's not allow for our political Differences to divide us If we talk about inclusivity Doesn't that include Political differences It certainly includes Religious differences Social differences Let it never And I mean never Form this inseparable wedge that prevents us, most importantly, from reconnecting. May it be so. May it be so. And together and humbly can we say Amen.
3: What it's like to reconnect with family after a long time, even if there has, even if even without a rift, the amount of effort and energy that gets Put into it. So um, if this might sound familiar to some of us, Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. Okay, maybe not that part, but he had divided his children among Leah and Rachel and the servants and he, you know, put them in order. And Jacob himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. He was very nervous, very scared. But Esau ran ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw his family and said, who are all these people? And Jacob said, these are the children that God has given your servant, me, your servant. And so he introduced everybody, and everybody bowed down, and Jacob and Esau asked, what's the meaning of all these flocks and herds, all these animals? And, and um, Jacob said, these are for you. So if you're looking for gifts to bring your family for the holidays, I suggest flocks and herds. That's what the Bible teaches us. And Esau said, no, 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 I have plenty, I have plenty. And Jacob said, no, please, please, please. I found, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted. So has anybody had a reunion like that? Or perhaps a reunion like that in the past five or six months after being separated for so long. Okay, maybe not with the threat of violence because you stole your brother's birthright from your father, but, you know, well, I don't know your business, but I hope you didn't have any reunions hanging over your head with that kind of fear. But ever since the COVID vaccine became available to adults and it felt safer to travel, I've had a few reunions like this one. Not so much with the flocks and herds, but... For those who don't know, my family is in Texas, and when God called me to Los Angeles to serve as associate pastor here over two years ago, we didn't know a global pandemic would prevent us from taking the otherwise easy flight back and forth. So I will say that I did feel a little nervous to be back together with family after so much time apart. What if the kids have forgotten about me? What if we've all changed and we don't like each other anymore? What if it's a terrible disaster? I got a little carried away, but, um, you know, we all went a little cuckoo during COVID, so it's okay. But I will also clarify that I didn't steal any birthright blessings from my older brothers, and so it was a lovely reunion without the fear of death. But the family dynamics, they didn't change. They just lay dormant there for a while until we were reunited again. And then once we were back together, I realized oh, those family dynamics are alive and well. Yes, they are. Nothing changed, really. It was like we were able to pick back up right where we left off. For better or for worse, but there was definitely lots of kissing and hugging and embracing. And I certainly hope that all of us here have had that experience this past year and these past five or six months. And I also hope that we will have that experience again this holiday season. Reconnecting with family and friends over the past number of months has been such a blessing. Most recently, one of my brothers was just in town. I have three older brothers and the middle one was in town with his family and we had an epic couple of days. Disneyland on Monday, the Santa Monica Pier on Tuesday, Universal Studios yesterday, I don't know how I'm standing up here before you. It's been an amazing and exhausting and delicious trip. And they left this morning, they're on a plane as we speak, and I am both devastated and full hearted. Loving people fully is always an act of vulnerability because to love people with our whole heart is also to be heartbroken when we part ways. And yet it's this kind of relationship that God calls us into again and again, the kind where we enter into it with whole hearts with big love and love risky and love fully. So who are those people in your life for whom when you are reunited, when you reconnect, it's as if no time has passed at all? I certainly hope and pray we all have those people in our lives who maybe we don't talk for months or even years but when you're together again or when you talk again, it's as if no time has passed at all and you can just pick back up where you left off. Maybe today give them a call or send them a text and wish them a happy Thanksgiving and let them know how grateful you are to have them in your life. I certainly hope that this Thanksgiving that we will feel the abundance of God's love and reconnected with loved ones and feel both the fullness and the heartbreak of loving fully. Just as Jacob and Esau did so many years ago. May it be so for all of us here and also for me. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Amen. (laughs)
0: We are so grateful you have joined us and hope this episode helped fuel your mind, body, and soul. This podcast is produced by me, Janice McQueen Ward, and by Cameron Ward, who also created the music. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to our podcast and support us financially through the Give page of the BPC website. Until next week, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.